Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. I am your host, Andy Grant. We come to you live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. This podcast is recorded live and then syndicated throughout the world, throughout the webs, throughout the magic of technology. You can also follow us on Twitter at realmenfeelorg. You can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. Show notes, information about upcoming shows can be found at realmenfeel.org. And with all that talk about Real Men Feel, let's tell you that the, the core, the purpose of this movement of this show is to create a space for men to allow for and express all of their emotions. That, that's the genesis behind everything. So again, I'm your host, Andy Grant. With me, as always, is my good friend and fellow coach, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. It's been an awesome day. Awesome. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's keep that rolling. Absolutely, yes. Cool. So we're very excited to uh, have join us live from Stockholm, Sweden, personal change facilitator, which I both think that's a cool title, personal change facilitator, Tanya Arler. Hi, guys. I am so honored and happy to be on the show. This is just awesome. And I just think... What you guys do is wonderful. And I wanted to say, I heard one of your previous shows and I wanted to say, I'm Tanya Arler and I enable men who feel. I love that. Good. Because lots of guys come and ask, well, how do I get started with it? So now we can say, oh, you need Tanya. She will enable your feeling. There we go. (laughs) Cool. So we wanted to talk about today the the notion of conventional success versus um, authentic fulfillment. Yeah. So, so what, you, would you, what is your definition of authentic fulfillment? Um, authentic fulfillment, I mean, the reason, the, the reason why I kind of feel very strongly about that conversion is I think that if we look at what's happening in the world, not just with men, but with all around the world, men and women, is that we've been living our lives very much so in this conventional definition of what success is, and we've been trying to find our happiness through the job, the house, the money, the lifestyle, whatever, whatever the things that you learn to define by your parents, by your people of influence, has been this conventional concept. And people are finding out more and more that that's not really what it's about. It's about feeling fulfilled. It's about being authentic. And it doesn't matter what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. And so really that's what I, I like to help people get to that place. And what, the reason why I call myself a change facilitator is I was looking back at kind of what my customers would say about me. And I'd see, well, I facilitated this change in their life. And then I looked at, well, what is the change? What do they look like before? What do they look like after? And I came up with this, yeah, they've gone from this, job i have one lady who was a lawyer that turned into a radio host you know so that that they just followed their bliss followed their passion and that's how they came to that so that's kind of how i feel the universe is moving globally as a as a as a as a as a, as a group as a civilization we're moving that way so that's oh. why so it's kind of the note, the conventional success is like what I call the, the people, I've done everything I was supposed to do to be happy, yet I'm not. So it's, Exactly. Yeah, cool. Exactly. So, and so what are some ways that people can discover their own authenticity if, if they think they don't know what it is? Right? Well, I mean, I think, I think, well, actually, one of my things that I love saying is success is, chi- is achieved by using what's at hand to get you closer to where you want to be. So if you're in this mold of conventional success and you know this isn't right for you, but you don't know what that picture should look like, then it's, it's about taking a step. It's about 
using what's at hand to get you closer to the direction you want to be, and then seeing what happens. See how that feels. See how that goes. It might work out. It might not work out, right? But the fact that you've taken a step closer will at least get you on a path that's going to get you there. I think that's one of my things. Cool. Yeah. So much more like action focus as opposed to wishing and hoping and wondering what's wrong and absolutely and i think it, you know taking action is a thing that i, I love talking about because i think when people are sitting there in their unhappy lives or they maybe not maybe not even necessarily unhappy but just not quite you know there something missing they think to create some sort of change in their life that will be meaningful and real they've got to have a master scheme they've got to do like you know grand sweeping gestures and the thing is is no little steps can get you so far it can open even if i say if we're going to apply this like really into a conventional male world uh, the man would be in a, in a in a job that was a full-time job and making the regular salary and the whole thing just taking that job and doing it slightly differently is already stepping into your authentic fulfillment into your authentic self um you know, people talk about spirituality and feeling and all these kind of things. That doesn't mean you have to wear it on your sleeve. It means you have to live it on the inside and start acting that way in accordance with what feels right for you. Now, I really love that, Tanya, especially how you describe it, doing what feels right. You know, that's, that's something that's very much aligned with what Andy and I do. Mm -hmm. as well and probably that's why you know when we've had previous conversations there's always that connection of being able to to you know, basically follow your bliss follow the fun do what feels right so in, in, when you were working with with men and helping them take those baby steps in the right direction and it, something suddenly no longer feels right do you tell them, no, you have to keep going or do you tell them it's okay to change direction? It doesn't matter how many times you change direction as long as it feels right. It definitely doesn't matter how many times you change direction, but I think the tip that I would give them, because I think what happens more often than not is that they'll feel, oh, this doesn't feel right, but they'll let the logical mind will kick in and say, oh, but it's the good thing and I tick the boxes and they all, well, we almost get into like our own conundrum in our head of, I feel like this is the right thing for me to do, but, uh, and you almost can't listen to that voice, right? It just gets hard to listen to that. So the question that I, I feel I, I tell people to pose to themselves is, am I in a place of this is bad and this is good, or am I in a place of this is right? If you're doing, and the difference is, you know, right is something, there is no wrong. It's right or it's not right. Mm -hmm. And if you're, oh, you know, in, in a woman's situation, I'm being a bad mom or I'm being a good mom, right? I'm being a bad employee. I'm being a good employee. I'm being a bad husband. I'm being a good husband. Whatever that bad good is, if you're feeling bad about something, then you're not kind of even on that wavelength of feeling what is right. Mm. So I think that's a little tip that I could say. If you feel you're in a good, you're, you're in a good, bad dilemma, then you're, looking in the wrong area right so so if you're if you're in your head and you're doing the paralysis by the paralysis by analysis thing definitely you're not going to space but if you're just going with what feels right what feels okay exactly then be guided by that instead exactly exactly okay. you know yeah, it's that tough discernment of i think i'm feeling versus i'm feeling exactly exactly <laughs> and if you kind of want to put it into different terms it's like your mind thinks 
and your intuition feels. Mm. And if you, you know, and we need a healthy balance of both in life, right? I mean, life is about, about balance. And if you can kind of get in that space of, well, my mind will only take me so far. If it doesn't feel right, it's not the right thing for me to do. And I think that's a really important balance to find. And more often than not, when we're having these conundrums in our head and we're having the self-talk and all that stuff is going on, what's really happening is that we feel what the right thing to do is, but we can't find the logic chain to back that up. So we rehash and we refold and we remodel and we rethink well, what if I think about it this way? Can I then come to the conclusion that I feel is right? And you get stuck in that. And then the answer to that is really, no, you'll never find a logic pattern that's going to support this one. So you've just got to take that leap, right? At one point, you're going to get so stuck in this cycle of trying to find a way to justify what you really want to do. And if you're doing that, it means your intuition is telling you one thing, you're feeling, and your mind just can't find the logic chain to back it up. Is there a difference in, in your work with, with men and women as to being more open to, to intuition and feeling, or is it kind of equal across both sexes? Or I would use different terminology with men than I would for women. Okay. I think that's probably the most, and even within women, there's still ranges but i would feel much more comfortable saying well this is kind of your soul with a woman whereas with a man i'd say well this is your intuition because it's just a little bit more of a jump and really i think my job or any job as a coach is to um to use vocabulary and express yourself in a way that they can hear it's not about what i believe it's about what they can hear so yeah i definitely think that would be my biggest thing i think with the men that i've worked with some of the funny things i had one particular guy that i worked with years and years ago he came to me because he wasn't getting interviews and i thought it was already a real bold step that he came to kind of a personal change facility because he couldn't get a you know he wanted to get the interview and he wasn't asking about his resume he just couldn't get the interviews like i'm stuck and he quite happily went down the path with me and it came out that it was something like his the relationship with his sister was holding him back. And it, I mean, we ended up in a whole different spot as you do. And, but that was more unusual. That's a harder type of man to find, but they're there. They're there. That's what I was going to ask. How common is, how common is that? So still today, fewer men than women go, something's wrong in my life. Oh, it's within me as opposed to no, it's something out there and it's their fault, et cetera. Definitely. Definitely. I definitely think that. And it's interesting. And I'm just going to bring this up. I mentioned this before in, in an email with you guys. Just two nights ago, I was having dinner with a group of ladies. It was a ladies night out. And I said, oh my God, I'm going to be on the show called Real Men Feel. And they're like, my husband should watch that. And nah, 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 we're talking about it. And they, we then started this conversation about, well, and as you said, I'm just going to back up. You mentioned that I live in Stockholm. So yes, I live in Stockholm. I live out of, you know, my home country. And most everyone here does live out of their home country or the people that we associate with because like soup seeks like, right? You, you get along. We, I, I have Swedish friends, but I get along more with people that aren't Swedish because we understand the journey that we've been on. So then particularly with the husbands who are less likely to socialize and reach out and share their feelings. They're, 
we as women were like, well, how do we do that? They don't have the guys that they've been hanging out with their whole life that they can feel comfortable. It, they're put in a position where these men have to make new connections. And so they're like, can you ask how, how, how could we help them? You know, like, so it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, the, the real men feel has a private Facebook group. You can join that. That's virtually, that's virtually everywhere around the world, regardless. Um, yeah. and it's interesting. So, so I do facilitate a monthly men's group of men in person. Okay. I find, you know, saying they don't have the people they've known for all these years. Well, those are the people for all these years, they weren't opening up to anyway, probably for most um, men. So, yeah. you know, I find the, the willingness to go make a new friend and they can, you know, be open from the start instead of right. having that history with them. That's but, true. But you know, I, I could not change until I wanted to change. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have someone go, you're not doing it right, or you need to feel more, like that would have drew, driven me in the opposite direction. I'm sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, in, for, for any woman, encourage, you know, praise, you know, reward right. what you see your man doing, if he's doing right. something you appreciate, encourage your direction, but, yeah. Yeah, just let be. Yeah, no, of course. We've kind of concluded that we need to like have a big party and just put all the men in one room and we go in another room and just like see what happens. <laughs> you know, that was our. <laughs> you know, the, the one way mirror so that way, you know, you can also <laughs> exactly. and observe them almost like, you know, the scientists. <laughs> yeah, because I thought at, at, the, at the men's group I facilitate, guys will all show up and say, I can't talk about this, I can't share this. They share it. 90% of the other men will go, oh my God, I feel that same way, or I've had that experience. So it's yes. that willingness, someone has to be willing to break the ice and open up. Yeah. And when they go to a men's group, they feel like, oh, here's the place I'm supposed to do that. Yeah. So if you just put guys that already know each other in a room, they're probably gonna act like guys that already know each other in the room and, you know. And not really make much, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's true, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, I found that in my own life and in my own, you know, coaching practice as well, is that oftentimes it's easier for people to, in a very strange way, open up with total strangers. Yeah. Because then they can be really authentic with each other yeah. versus, you know, somebody who knows your history and is unwilling to forgive that history. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. And then you have the other side of the coin. So, you know, a little bit of my background is I'm bi binational. I'm half Belgian, half American, but I've spent most of my adult life traveling around. So I moved to, I lived in Belgium in my twenties and then I met my husband and we moved to Italy and back to Belgium and then to Singapore and then to Tokyo and back to Belgium. And now we're in Sweden. So we've done a lot of moves and it was actually after talking to Appio a couple of years ago that I realized we were talking about men and changes and transitions. And I realized in my own life, wow, I get that in a weird way only because I walked into these new cultures and completely new, new worlds where I didn't know were stripped of everything, stripped of my identity, stripped of my comfort, stripped of my comfort zone. And you get there and you go, well, what do I do now, right? You know, I mean, how do I rebuild my life? How do I become me? Who am I, right? I don't even, suddenly when you take these things away from you, you wonder who you are and you realize that your identity was very involved in the physical place that you were, what you did, you know, th the things around you, but things that weren't really within. And it made me think, you know, about coming on this show, I thought, well, I think, if there are men out there that are, you know, stepping in that, into that authenticity, they're definitely going to be feeling and experience the same feelings of being 
losing that comfort zone of convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've learned or that I've, is, or, and the biggest struggle that I had was finding my identity each time because with every single move that I did, I had to start over. And I think if the, you know, the men out there that are, that are wanting to make these, you know, authentic changes into a new life, some of them might be within their same life, just living it differently, which is awesome. And some of them might say, well, listen, this is not for me. I want to quit my job and go fishing. I don't know. Um, It's, it's just saying part of what's going to be challenging there is, realizing how much of your identity is wrapped up in stuff that other people have impressed upon you. And when that is stripped away, that's when you really get an opportunity to look at what version of me do I really want to be? And my biggest lesson was I realized there are hundreds of versions of me and all of them can be authentic and all of them can be true and all of them can be happy and that it really is a choice. You know, it's interesting you should bring that up because I've always believed in that full, complete, holistic approach, that quantum approach that that Diane Collins talked about in a a few programs ago. Mm. And, you know, I I love how the fact that you you talk about those all, you know, yes, there might be hundreds of you, but they're all part of Tanya. They're all part of the full, complete you, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. You know, as you ta- as you were talking about how society impresses certain things upon us and and um, you know we're conditioned to to think certain ways and to judge ourselves mm-hmm. you know, so, so harshly, that's where the work that you do I think is so amazing. It's mm-hmm. being able to guide and peel back those conversations, the judgments. Yeah. Let them fall by the wayside or even start brand new. Okay, here's this authentic me that I want to create right now. What's the next authentic me that I want to create right now? Mm-hmm. Go with the best feeling thing. Yes, you know, you can, you, we can always use science. We can always use neuro, uh, neuropsychology and so forth. Exactly. But that's part of it. It's not the holistic approach. It's not the complete picture. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think in this vein of what I've learned from building my new identity, I want to give all those men out there my my biggest top tip when you're in that transition or place of uncertainty is literally have your sentence ready. And what I mean by that, people always laugh, but I tell I do a talk for expats so that are brand new in this thing. And the worst thing is, is when you're transitioning into a new life or when you're trying to change or when you're trying to become someone a little bit more you and people say to you, oh, so what do you do? And you go, I I kind of, um, I'm coaching or I'm, you know, I'm consulting or, and you, you, because you're in this transition, you don't really have a clear answer because you don't really know what you really want yourself and you haven't worked it all out (laughs) and it sucks the confidence out of you it just goes and you're gone because it seems like such a simple question that you should be able to answer so i say to people listen come up with any answer that you feel good about i said if you want to say oh i watch tv (laughs) that's fine right i mean it doesn't have to be you know oh I go to lunch a lot, you know, and then people come up with, you know, I'm a creative this and I do that. 
it doesn't matter what that answer is as long as you have an answer to those questions that make you that suck your confidence that you can say with confidence and what the great thing is is not only if you have an answer ready your confidence has not been sucked out of you but it then puts it back on the other person they go oh 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 okay um yeah all right moving on and then the conversation's done there's right. no energy put into it there's no uncomfortableness so it's like okay so well, i'm gonna stump them with your authenticity just have it blow them away like whoa you're just <laughs> Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and you know, one thing I want to touch on, because we're talking about authenticity a lot, and we're talking about following your bliss and your happiness, and that's what tells you it. But when I was stepping into my authentic self to begin with, it was scary. And yeah. it was painful. And it wasn't fun and blissful. Eventually it was. And every time I revealed more of myself and allowed myself to be authentic and vulnerable, I was always rewarded. But in that moment, it was it the shit out of me. Yeah. Oh my God. Definitely. And that fear is, is unfortunately a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, the two things that you can do with that one, and I just love this and, and there's been several like neurological or studies done, but fear and excitement are the same emotion. They're mm -hmm. the same chemical reaction in your body. Right. And it's hard to remember in that moment, of fear but if if you can just find that little smidgen of like logical thought that's still in there when you're in those moments of panic and say you know this is probably exciting too it means that it's exciting too and this is joy so fear and excitement are the same emotion i myself in my own life regularly kind of go back to them and say well okay that means i can look at it differently and fear just means that you are letting go of your comfort zone fear is something that the ego will set into your world because your your ego or your mind or your logical pattern call it what you want it's not i don't mean ego in that freudian kind of oh but your ego doesn't like change and it is going to do anything possible to stop you from changing and your ego also dominates that logic pattern right so if, if it's good if it can find the power to stop you it will right so it's just stepping back and saying okay but i'm I, these what am i really fearful of i'm fearful of the unknown but that doesn't mean that's a bad thing right right because and again if you're in search of your own authenticity your purpose your mission that's unknown yeah. so if you fear the unknown you're not going to get those answers <laughs> exactly and it's funny i actually just yesterday spoke to a friend of mine who i've known for a while and it's i said it's serendipitous that she called on she'd been working for a year trying to leave her job she wasn't happy in her job she wanted to be an independent she wanted to let go she wanted to be a consultant and she just you know fear stood in her way and she called me about two months ago and said tanya i'm quitting my job tomorrow and she had to work until the end of September, right? And she called me yesterday. She said, Tanya, I still have two weeks to work. I already have two customers. I'm already gonna make more money than I would have been making staying in my old job. And I've got this going on. And it's like, and she said, you have to use me as a case study, Tanya, because this is perfect. I can't believe this is happening to me. And you know, it's awesome, but that's the way it works. If you make space for opportunities, they will come. And it's just staying in tune 
with that feeling, with that intuition, mm -hmm. and not letting that, you know, mind logic based part of you take the upper hand where it doesn't belong. And, and another thing to point out regarding the brain and how it works and how it can sometimes trick us is that the brain evolved in a way to keep us alive. So the fear that, you know, that fight or flight instinct that we frequently fear, which is totally associated you know that we feel that is associated with fear is the biological part of us trying to keep the biological part of us yep. from dying yep. and yet, when faced with new challenges when faced with new emotional awareness mm -hmm. it triggers that same part of the brain and so of course the the, the logical part the, so the part that's tasked with keeping us alive sees yep. it as a threat and so therefore wants to keep us in that safe little cocoon Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the same time, it shuts down your executive functions or at least diminishes their capacity because the blood flow to that part of your brain is no longer there. So yeah, you're not thinking straight. I suppose we could say, if you're fearful, you're just not thinking straight. <laughs> Bottom line, right? <laughs> but funny you should mention the blood flow aspect of it and fear and excitement being the same thing because we know when men are excited and the blood flows out, we stop thinking as well. So exactly. there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's all linked in some way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I just think it's really cool. Fear is a really tricky one because unfortunately you just have to say to people that, that courage is what it's there for. But also, I mean, I personally have been through, fear is something that our mind can conquer. And I personally was in a situation where my husband travels a lot. And at one point he was gone in a long story, but there was loud music next door. And I lived kind of remotely at the time. And I, my kids were one and two, very young. And it was a party of a lot of young guys. And it was just, it got a little, suddenly fear gripped me. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm all alone. And where have they come? And what if, you know, what if they come and what if they attack me and my kids? And I just, I, my mind was whizzing. I mean, it was completely in panic. And I thought, okay, Tanya, this is no good. You cannot let this happen. And I said, all right, Tanya, what can you do? What can I do? And I repeated to myself, I will not succumb to fear. I will not succumb to fear. And I remember laying in my bed, I will not succumb to fear. I will not. And I wouldn't let my mind wander and I wouldn't let it go anywhere else. I just focused. I will not succumb to fear. And I fell asleep five minutes later. I was so proud of myself, but it made me realize that, you know, that fear is something that we can choose to allow to dominate our life. Or we can say, no, fear is not going to be what dominates what I do. Um, it's not that it will never be there, but we can push through it. And fear almost never represents the reality of what we think it is. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, action cures fear, right? Your action to take an action in that situation, your action to consciously choose to focus on something else, they're all actions. I love that. I love it. Yeah, a thought is an action. I love that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Action cures fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. And not just that action, not just cures fear, it brings other possibilities 
to you. It brings possibilities that you have. It shows you you have options. Right. Yeah. Fear shrinks down that that what you can see. The blinders are on, and you just see one option, and it's that terrifying option. Exactly. 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 Speaking of options, you know, along the lines of what you were talking about, you know, about repeating a mantra. There's a mutual friend of ours, Havelin Russell, who has yeah. shared with all of us one of her mantras that she uses to create options, which is losing my peace of mind is not an option. Exactly. Since that isn't an option, what other options are then created? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. If you can understand, if you can take an option away and say, well, this one is not even a realistic option. I cannot do this. Mm -hmm. What is left? No, absolutely. Yeah. And I love mm -hmm. Havelin. She's wonderful. But yeah, and I think that's an awesome thing. Just realizing that our mind is so much more powerful than we can possibly imagine. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. My father used to say to me, my father was a heathen, a self-declared heathen, but he would say to me, um, he would, but he was very dedicated to, he was a very moral man. And he, I'd say to him, dad, do you believe that there's a God? And he'd say, yes, I do, Tanya. He said, but for me to pretend that I can comprehend him, in his in its totality is hypocritical because this thing that is our creator that made us that is that brought us here has to be so all-encompassing that we are just but smart small parts of it so part of us just has to let go and have the faith the blind faith and take the leap and live the life the way we choose what beautiful advice yeah. and that's a heathen I don't know what a heathen is then. <laughs> right. Well, exactly, exactly. I think I'd like to be a heathen. I actually looked up heathen and it says that they believe in something, but it doesn't conform to anything else or something oh. like that. I really like that. And we have a comment here from Sarah. Um, you know, she was talking about, uh, as supporters of changing old ways of being, we were so very clear on the knowing that humans are here to create and conquer our primal fears to become and make this world much better, a much better place, utilizing the energy of it. Because that kind of goes along the lines of being authentic, being that heathen, just live the most authentic, beautiful life that you can. Exactly, exactly. Right. I'm trying to recall the poem that my father wrote, and I used to know it by heart, and this would be the perfect place to share it. Um, okay, can I try? I think I have Yeah, it. go for we it. We won't know. This will be the this will be the first time that it's ever been public. It's a very private thing. My father wrote this when he was 25 and he lived his life by it. So this is perfect for real men feel. I think he World premiere. Um, from out of the sky came the roar of a high flying bat. From out of the jungle, the roar of a low crawling cat. A sudden scream, a soft, sad, dying moan. These are the sounds of the great unknown. So stay in your caves, you, and then I missed a part. There's a part there, but I don't remember that it says, but so stay, oh, oh, I can't remember. Can I go grab it? Yes. I think yes. this is actually really, really fun. Yes, by all means, we'll feel do that. No, we'll, we'll, we'll sustain the conversation yeah. meantime. Go, that poetry hour. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. I don't think we've ever done that before. So nope. this is, hey, we're having a few firsts now. World premiere of a poem. It's been a deeply personal share. Yeah. Hey, Sarah. And we have no theme song, so maybe this poem can be, some stanza can be set to music and be the real men theme song, right? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like exactly. it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I, I like what I heard so far already. Okay, 
So I'm going to put my glasses on to make sure I get it all right. Okay. Fantastic. From out of the sky comes the squeak of a high-flying bat. From out of the jungle, the roar of a great hunting cat. A sudden scream, a soft, sad, dying moan. From out of the night comes these sounds of the great unknown. So stay in your caves, you meek of heart. The stakes of this games are too high. The winners walk tall, kings of the earth. The losers die. It gets better. The losers die. But everyone who lives must someday die. You can't pick the time or the place. So come out of your caves, you meek of heart, and meet life face to face. For isn't it better to play and lose while making your own best try than to never know what life really was when it comes time to die? Stay in your caves, you meek of heart, warm, safe, and secure. That's not a way to live, just a way to endure. Everyone needs a warm, safe cave, a haven when things get too rough. But the only measure of man's self-worth is what to him is enough. Mm. That's my dad. I think your dad just became the patron saint of the real men feel movement. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, and that's how I was raised as well. That was very much as, you know, it's what to you is enough. And he would say to me often, and I think this is going back to fear how I was able to overcome it. He said, I don't need to know what your beliefs and morals and standards are. I just need you to look at me and say, you have them and you live by them. And I think when you have that inside of you of what you want and what you value and you're clear on that, then that fear is not as scary. That sounds like, like authenticity and integrity. And if you're authentic and have integrity, you can respect other people doing that, even if it doesn't match your, your values. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And that's really what it's about, right? And I think that's so important about authenticity is that what's right for you is not right for me. Mm -hmm. So there's no longer, and going back, there's no longer that good, bad, right? right. If that's right for you, this is right for me, and that's okay. I call that the, the personal truth with a small T. And then there are those universal truths with a big T, which don't need explanation. We just know it. We hear it and we know it instinctively. We're able yep. to accept it intuitively. No issues whatsoever. But that small truth, that personal truth is absolutely something that what's right for you isn't necessarily right for me. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Absolutely love it. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, it feels good. I haven't really shared that publicly because it was a very private thing of his, but I think just felt this was the right place. It's really cool. And did he write lots of poetry? Was that a standout singular occurrence? Or? Um, he wrote this one and then he wrote the uh, two more and it was, um, and they're all on the same theme. No, that was just, and they're all on the same theme. This one he wrote in 1956. So he was like 20 something. And then he wrote one later, two later in life. But one, the third one that he wrote, he sent to me. And I don't have it on hand or I'd even get that up, maybe for the next show. And I realized that it was what he wanted me to read at his eulogy. And it was a very powerful moment because it was this poem, but then looking back saying, you know, it, and it says, yeah, I remember the crux of it was if, you know, the day will come that I die and that'll mean that I'll have met my monster. But don't mourn me, my friends, because I've been alive. Because I've lived it the way I want to. So, 
Yeah, he definitely would have fallen into the real men feel category as, you know, from Arkansas, you know, down home boy, but just was in tune with himself and lived his life the way he truly believed was right. Awesome. He's authentic to the core. In fact, Frank was saying here that not only did he appreciate the poem, that just not, it remembers that your dad is a wonderful man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Frank. Oh, and that's Frank Charton. Okay, I just have to share uh -huh. briefly. So my dad was a good old boy from you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma in the end, and his cars were his living, his life, and he had a Trans Am. And my brother, who lives in L.A. and is gay, didn't really want the Trans Am. And they had no place to go. But my husband was like, I want the Trans Am. And he's like, he was almost afraid to ask. So anyways, long story short, we bring the Trans Am over to Belgium because we were living in Belgium. So we import, we export the Trans Am over to Belgium, which was crazy, but okay. And we drove it for two, three years. And my dad loved that car. That was like his heart and soul. And... Me and my husband were just not giving it the love we need. So we said, okay, we need to sell it, which broke my heart because I was, you know, selling my father's soul almost. And we put an ad out and this amazing guy comes along and it's Frank. And he lives in Strasbourg, which is six hours away. And he comes to visit the car and falls instantly in love and turns up with a matchbox Trans Am that looks just like my father's. <laughs> same color, same stuff. I then drive the car to Strasbourg because of license plate stuff. And he, we get there and he gives me a bottle of wine because his father also collected wine and from the year I was born. We found out that our fathers passed away at the same time. And that he got a lump sum of money to buy a car, to buy the car of his dreams. And it was my father's car. I mean, it was wow. just madness. And now he's taking care of the car as well as my father would have. And we are so grateful that we are able to pass that. I mean, my dad is thrilled. I can tell that we were able to pass it. So, yeah, that is not that funny. And Frank is sharing a, a picture of the car with us here. I'll see if I can pull it. Hey, Frank, bienvenue. Vous êtes toujours bienvenue ici. Yeah. Oh, he, he was, he's lovely. Yeah. So we had this meeting otherwise. It's funny how souls can meet souls and authentic can meet authentic because that was truly one of these crazy moments that you think can never happen and it did so yeah 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 okay. perfect perfect synchronicities all around i love it absolutely i'm going to see if i can share the picture here real quick just so everybody can see it uh, i'm going to do a quick little screen share and there can you all see it oh yep there we go there is that beautiful trans am awesome and i'll uh, i'll add this for anyone listening to the podcast i'll uh, we'll add this picture on the show notes at realmenfeel.org as well so oh my god awesome the full experience awesome yeah <laughs> cool that, that was really good and I, I i love how this has really transitioned almost to like a, a, a an homage to your father and, yeah. you know yeah. the real men feel creators truly for, for living it at a time when probably it was it was more difficult than it is today definitely definitely <laughs> i know that he you know he people did not uh, some people didn't understand him but he always was new well, well no that's not true they, he was always respected he was always respected so yeah he he was a good man Cool, beautiful, oh, and awesome. thank you for letting me share that. <laughs> and you are a wonderful woman. Not let's let's, let's praise everyone as well, right? That's just absolutely I mean, very much a reflection yeah. of, of who your father is and a continuation of beautiful energy. 
So, so Tanya, what, what, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you or to learn about the work you're doing? So my main page is my, my Facebook page, Tanya Arler's page. And that's where I kind of post all kind of the stuff that's going on and some inspirational quotes and that kind of thing. I also have a website called tanyaarler.com. Very simple. You can find all the different ways that you can work with me. I do a lot of different, interesting, cool, neat things. Um, and I, you know, I, you say real men feel, I say real change right now. So that's my, my tagline about, and I think Appios had a little bit of my magic, just yeah. about really stepping into that change, whatever that may be in a real tangible way. Cause that's what I'm about. Indeed. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've been going for about 40 minutes. So uh, I think we should wrap this week up. Um, thank you, Tanya. Uh, thank you everyone that's joined us live, your questions and comments, and, and the sharing of the Trans Am. Um, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so uh, we'll be live again next Tuesday, September 27th at 5 p.m. Eastern for another episode of Real Men Feel. And next week, every week is interesting. Next week will be interesting as well. We're being joined by Joseph Culp, the director of the independent film called Welcome to the Men's Group. A little comedy drama about men's groups. So uh, maybe he'll have insight on what, what to tell these men of Sweden and where they can go. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, again, realmenfield.org slash show will get you to the live taping um, every Tuesday. Until then, check out realmenfield.org. Join our group on Facebook. Um, it's private. You can, you can share and be authentic and no repercussions, right? <laughs> so thanks again, Tanya. Uh, thank you, Apio. Of course. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Sarah. Thank everybody that's joined us live. And uh, wow, I love it. I love the authenticity. Yay. Yes. Beautiful. All right. Thanks, thanks so again, much, people. guys. Take care.